You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 44. Rush out on an uptown train, doors open, and she walks in, she's soaking, caught in the rain, her skin shines. Happy 4th of July from the Give Me Five podcast, the only pop culture, movies, music, TV, and book podcast that I am currently hosting. I'm Rob. With Good my- work, Rob. Yeah, that's Good. right. <laughs> I'm Rob with my co-host, Jimmy. Hey there. And our very own mix master, Marcus. We are the Give Me Five podcast. This week, we're going to discuss the opening of Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios, The Toys That Made Us Season 2, Clutch Book of Bad Decisions, and Glow Season 2. It was so good. I'm surprised I'm not down there watching Glow Season 2 instead of recording this with you people. Oh my god, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of spoilers, uh, this is a review show. There will probably be a bunch of spoilers, and we are going to try to avoid any major twists. So, if you didn't know that, in less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you'll be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We'll be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we are going to live on, we are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Oh, um, or that uh, Rob hides under his bed with his dog during fireworks shows. Uh, then, yeah, you can pause the show and come back later. <laughs> you know what? Bill Sorry. Pullman did it better. No, Bill Pullman. And uh, you know what's funny about that? I haven't told you guys this yet, actually. Um, yesterday, I watched Independence Day. Nice. nice. And it actually holds up pretty well, I got to say. Yeah. Except for the whole, like, computer being able to talk to the I- thing, but... I, I have to admit that on the third, I was driving home from work, and one of the questions they also were asking, watching Independence Day. It, well, <laughs> yeah, one of the questions they were asking is like, "What's your go-to snack and go-to movie for like the patriotic feeling for for July Fourth? And I actually texted in, um, not while I was driving. Um, I texted, <laughs> of course. I I texted in and told them, you know, I said there is no better speech. Then Bill Pullman's speech at the end of Independence Day for for the the real patriotic feelings. I said, and I also texted that that every time I hear that speech, I'm like, "Give me a plane, I'll go." I I don't even know how to fly, but f it, I'll figure it out. Let's do this because <laughs> that speech is so good. He delivers it so well, it and it is. it is just absolutely amazing. It gives me goosebumps every time he does it. Well, I actually got like broke a sweat while I was doing it right there. It was good job, man. It was very well done. Um, and speaking of uh, contacting radio stations, Jimmy. Yeah. If you guys would like to contact Randy Quaid's drunk ass and have him save <laughs> humanity from <laughs> I don't believe I'm about to ask you this, but have you guys seen the, the Randy Quaid porn video? Oh, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the <laughs> Give Me Five podcast. I'm just going to go right past that. No, no, no. no, no. Have, have you guys seen that. it? 
No, I have not. I had no intention of seeing that. You might need to. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> you don't really see much because there's a giant beard in the way of everything. But it's... Wow. No, I... It looks like the Unabomber filming a porn video. It's... Yeah, original. <laughs> Sorry, continue on. I knew that was a thing. I have no intention of watching it. So, if you'd like to get in touch with us and air your frustrations out with Greg for interrupting me, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Uh, man, you can look us up on Twitter and Instagram. We use the same handle there at Give Me Five Pod. If you'd like to email us directly. You can email us at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. And if you could in advance, please, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you were using. About Randy Quaid's drunk ass. We also have a store. We do. We do. <laughs> so you may be able to find the aforementioned dog bowls or the later mentioned dog bowls, I should say. Or a Blu-ray of Randy Quaid's. Never mind. <laughs> Mm, man, <laughs> it ain't working. Mm -mm. Anyway, continue. Bath mats, we got them. We have t-shirts, cell phone um, cases, cell phone ca cases, other things to come. Very cool stuff. Shower curtains. There, yep, there's that. So, okay, continuing on. But you can find all of that at give me five podcast dot threadless dot com. Yes, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> I hate the both of you. In the deepest part of my being. Well, anything other than that? Anything new, guys? Uh, actually, I have a redaction to make. Um, oh. We mistakenly identified, and it was my fault when we were talking about well, it's actually my fault to begin with. No, I started it. Um, we mistakenly identified Tim Roth as Nightcrawler from X-Men. And I'm, and I'm, Kerwin, I am so glad that you wrote in and, <laughs> and, and nailed that one because I remember thinking when you said Tim Roth was Nightcrawler, I was like, I don't think so. But then it just kind of got, you know, walked over and I never went back to it. But I'm like, I don't think that was right. <laughs> yeah. We misidentified Beast and then we corrected it. And then yeah. we misidentified Beast as being Nightcrawler and then corrected it. I said Tim Roth and Greg went with it. And as soon as I said it, I was like, no, that's not right. But thank you, Kerwin, very much. Um, guys, if there's anything else that we've messed up on, please let us know. But other than that, we have got a trailer for Wellington Paranormal. And um, Greg, I wrote in parentheses on this, you bastard. Was that to uh, me? Yes, because it is um, looking like it's only going to be available on NZ2, which is a New Zealand network, um, for now at least. So, Rob, you asked what the hell is that? That is a show that kind of slipped, you know, out away from our radar. It's coming out in New Zealand, uh, created and produced by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement of What We Do in the Shadows fame. And it follows the investigators, I guess, um, from what we do in the shadows. And I actually wrote down the very easily influenced to vampire superpowers <laughs> because they are the police that come in and they're like played by the same people. Yes. Nice. Right. Yeah, it is. There's an addition, I guess, like the police captain. He's kind of a new guy. Um, but 
they're the ones that come in. They're like, oh, we've heard a complaint about blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we're going to use our crappy vampire like persuasion powers on them. And they totally fall for it. <laughs> so, yeah. like, where the vampire's up in the corner of the room, they're like, oh, what's that then? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what? They're like, oh, the picture on the wall. Um, it's, it's very funny. I, I really hope we'll be able to find it. This does not. Uh, replace the FX adaptation of what we do in the shadows, which was ordered for 10 episodes. Um, and between the two, so we've got Wellington Paranormal and the what we do in the shadows show coming out on Netflix. I'm, I'm not too hurt that there's been really no movement on we're werewolves, mm-hmm. um, which is actually the title. <laughs> not werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> If they're included, I'm not going to be too hurt. I'd love to see a feature film on that. Um, I know Taika Waititi, after directing Thor, is very in high demand. Um, but I'm super excited that the you know the legend lives on and uh, Wellington Paranormal. E- even if I have to wait until it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm fine with that. I can't wait for it. Yeah, I don't know how that's not past our, our radar. I think we're going to have to fire our like New Zealand correspondent because he should have been on that. Yeah, he sent us really report, but, have. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I I did get a letter from our from our helper monkey in New Zealand, but mm. it, the envelope was just filled with poop, so I wasn't quite sure what that meant. And I think I, that was from Greg. I, that was from me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was that was hate mail. <laughs> he sent it to New Zealand to have it come back to me, so it looked like it was from the helper monkey. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah, not surprised. Uh, so I got a couple little things here. Um, one, they, they did announce DC Universe Unlimited, which uh, I am a big fan of the Marvel Unlimited stuff, which is basically, you know, I think six months or so after all the comics come out in the stores, like paper form, you can actually basically stream comics. So okay. it's like Netflix for comics. You can, you basically can read whatever you want, but you don't, of course, get to keep them. Um, I think you're able to like download 10 at a time for like road trips and stuff. And it's not very expensive. It's, it's, it's like nine bucks a month or 12 bucks okay. a month. That's all I do. And I... You know, if I hear a story's good, I can check it out. I can. Cool thing is, is going back and reading the old stuff. You can read like every single issue of X Men all the way through, which nice. uh, I would not suggest doing that because the one from the sixties are really bad. Ooh. I can tell you because I did read every single issue of the X Men all the way through. But anyway, Damn. so DC Universe Unlimited. That's uh, it's in. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. So they're doing. Um, it's going to be streaming comics, basically, probably the same as as Marvel's doing, but also a. I'm streaming TV channel. So all of those like movies that we've been recently reviewing, like the, the DC animated ones are going to be on there. Now that's cool. Uh, there's going to be a live action teen Titans show, I think. And uh, kind of something from their dark universe, like one of the more, uh, you know, like Constantine esque. It's not Constantine, but something along those lines. Mm. There's going to be stuff like that. Uh, brand new animated stuff. And then, of course, they're going to slowly grab stuff like, you know, from, you know, maybe their Superboy episodes or maybe they'll do the Arrow and all the Warner Brothers DC Universe stuff. I'm, I, they haven't announced everything that's going to be on it yet, but they did do a teaser. Uh, I actually put myself in for their beta. Oh, cool. And said that, you know, we, that's... we are a podcast and we want to review it. So mm. I don't know if they'll allow it, but I put, I saw the announcement pretty much when it came out, like, almost immediately and almost immediately put in. So maybe it's a, maybe I'll get in. That would be awesome. Um, maybe that's the thing that DC needs. Uh, well, their comics universe is actually outselling anything else right now. Well, I mean, thematically, I Mm -hmm. guess, 
is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, maybe their original programming will be better than their movies. I don't know. I mean, so far the TV programming is better than their movies. Mm. And their, their comics have been, their universes have been doing a lot better than Marvel's. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Okay, yeah, so that was uh, DC Universe Unlimited, which caught my eye. Uh, the other big thing that caught my eye was they're releasing a Voltron Lego set, which is really awesome looking. It's a, I think it it's about 150 so cool. bucks, cool. And it's not only are you building the individual lions, it's li the lion Voltron. You're building the individual lions, but they also do form together to form Voltron. Uh, it's a beautiful set. Uh, the figures, the, there's no people. They won't fit in it. It's not big enough for that. But it, it's everything I dreamed about as a kid when I was trying to build my own Transformers out of Lego and my own like transforming robots and stuff, or like buildable robots. And I'm hoping to get that. Um, also, I'd like to say that my wife should not be allowed anywhere near the script before I record the podcast because the other news is my wife rocks, apparently. <laughs> That's amazing. Because she apparently snuck into my office while I was um, <laughs> job, while I was uh, putting the child to bed and uh, changed the script. Good. And I guess the last little thing I, I feel like because I mean we do as we have a nurse here. Um, I'm assuming you don't really handle um, people that have dealt with fireworks incidents. Oh, well, have you ever in the oh, past? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you do. Oh, do we have stories? Well, when they blow up in their hand, I have to fix them. Yeah. Go on. Did were there any this year? Uh, I did not have any this year. Not any yet. In the past. Anyway. Uh, oh any yeah. In the past. Oh yeah. I have had some in the past. Um, the if if the firework is going to blow up in your hand, just make sure your hand isn't clenched around the firework when it does. Ah. And make sure you're not a defensive lineman for the New York Giants. Oh my God. That's probably another did, thing you probably did he really do. do that. A couple years ago, Jason Pierre-Paul, and yeah. he just released the photo the other day, and I did oh. not click on it because I don't want to see it. Wow, it's like yeah, he's like missing a finger and a half or something. But anyway, so we were doing fireworks, um, and we we have an, a neighbor around here that he's the firework guy. Um, he, I guess, on Fourth of July, he tends to go out on his boat, and then on his way back, he stops at one of those like really shady looking like tents. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> he decided to buy a bunch of of you know random things. There was like air raid, which is like a hundred different things that launch up in the air at one time and parachutes and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but the box of course had a few of just regular little tiny bottle rockets in it. <laughs> and uh, one of our other neighbors was going across the street to pick up a chair. And the the one neighbor decided to launch off a bottle rocket Un and unbeknownst to him, there were two that were stuck together. So they lit the one, it went up in the air, it blew up, which in turn lit the other one that was attached to it, launching it straight down and hit a bullseye right onto the guy's ass as he was running across the street. That's awesome. It could not have been more perfect. It was the cartoony yelp as he, he was fine. No one got hurt, but the cartoony yelp as he ran across the street and jumped as this thing hit him was, was glorious. So <laughs> I would say be, be careful out there or else Rob might have to put your fingers back together and uh, don't hit your friends in the ass with fireworks. I think that's, that is our, uh, it's our uh, public disclaimer, public our disclaimer, our PSA, public service. Yeah. Now. There we go. Cool. Paying the bills. <laughs> Social commentary. Wow. Anyway, uh, Rob, anything new for you other than... Um, uh, actually, I, I found out just... Uh, I believe it was just this week, earlier this week. Um, Duke died. I know. Yeah. The, All that beautiful bean footage. Yeah, the the Bush Beans are one of the dogs that played Duke for Bush Beans commercials. Um, but the other thing that I didn't know was that he lived here in Apopka. 
mm-hmm. which is very close to the Give Me Five Studios. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, man. You know, I, I get more sad about animals than I do about people. <laughs> no, that's, that's the one celebrity you're okay with because you know that he, like, didn't do anything horrible based on last week's episode. Yeah, exactly. When you said Duke, I was like, oh, man, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe's. And then when he said, Duke, I was like, yeah, that happened in the G.I. Joe movie. Like, you know, the rise <laughs> or whatever, which one it was, the Cobra Law thing. Rise mm-hmm. of Serpentor. No, it was the Cobra Law one. That was the, it was, he got hit by a snake and almost died, but he didn't because G.I. Joe well, didn't want to crush my childhood. Ser- Serpentor was Cobra Law. Yeah, but the rise of Serpentor was uh, was a different series. That was when they were trying to build him out of the DNA of multiple uh, characters. Mm-hmm. That was called Arise Serpentor Arise. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, don't f with me, my GI Joe knowledge, Rob. That's right. Greg's gonna put a whooping on me. Yeah. I like it. I don't argue with you about selling your body on the street, so you shouldn't argue with me about GI Joe. That's because nobody knows it like I do. Yeah, anyway, okay. So uh, instead of snap decisions, I actually wanted to bring up. Something, a conversation that I believe Jimmy and I had a via text message or something mm-hmm. where it was, there was some conversation that involved uh, me mentioning the song of the summer. Yes. And like how I haven't picked one yet. That was uh, from a post from uh, the authors of the song that we play at the beginning. Of, oh, yeah. And yeah, ending of our, of our episode each week, The Midnight, mm-hmm. who, if you don't like them, you should. But they posted – You're a, wrong. <laughs> they posted a picture on Instagram that said, if we release a single in the next couple of weeks, would you care or something like that? Of course. Mm-hmm. And then Greg posted, um, well, I haven't picked a song of the summer yet. And I said, well, you know, we live in Florida, so it's always Endless Summer, which you can buy Endless Summer branded license plates in the state of Florida. Yeah, yeah. And I texted Greg and said, "Oh no, man! It's it's cry little cry little sister by Marilyn Manson." And I was shocked because, from my from my knowledge, there are certain things you don't like in music. One mm-hmm. of which you don't like live recordings. Correct. I know that yep. that's not live, but that's just one thing. Um, I know you're not very fond of cover songs usually. Usually, no. Unless and I also know you're also not very fond of Marilyn Manson. Yeah, so being a cover song by Marilyn Manson of a <laughs> song you happen to like already. Yeah, I was surprised. I I'm surprised too, man, because I I wanted to hate it. You know, I saw on on bloodydisgusting.com that Marilyn Manson released a cover of "Cry Little Sister" by Joe Esposito, which is from the Lost Boys soundtrack. Oh, such a good movie. It, yeah, it is, and it's a great song. And I'm I'm I've told Greg this on many occasions. Man, I hate cover songs. I hate remixes. But I I I I have to think back that. The album covers by the Deftones, I never skip a track from that, hmm. which is a revelation for me. Yeah, I do but, actually want to someday get into like various cover songs. I was actually thinking about doing some someday do an episode when nothing comes out or whatever, where we just talk about like the best cover songs because there are some out there out there that are better than the original. like the originals. And this song by Marilyn Manson. No, I'm not the biggest fan. I haven't been since Portrait of American Family. Um, yes. you know, very early on. That's, yeah, his, yeah. that's his first album, mm-hmm. his first major release, Rob. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, so basically, you have not been a fan of Marilyn Manson since the beginning. Since he was recording down in Fort Lauderdale, yeah, basically. Yeah, I think what was um, Beautiful People from? That uh, was uh, God Antichrist Superstar. Antichrist Superstar, yeah, that, that was also years ago. And after that, I kind of just 
lost in. I didn't like his Sweet Dreams cover, but this one really resonates with me. There's only one problem with it. What is that? There's a, a part in the very beginning where this is like this guitar twang and it goes, it doesn't have that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it sounds like thing. someone running a claw along a, a metal pipe or something. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes this song not better than the original. Yeah. So it made but me actually kind of go what down you, this yeah. cover song thing. Like this, this cover, cover song rabbit hole as conversations about music tend to make me do. Um, there are 20 other covers of Cry Little Sister out there. Really? Wow. Um, w- one of which by LA Guns, which happens to be really good. Like really good. Uh, I was surprised. I listened to it the other day. I was, I was actually surprised at how good it is. Um, there's, uh, Eminem sampled it. So it's not really a cover, but Eminem sampled it in the song, uh, You're Never Over, which is uh, the tribute to Proof, his, his buddy that got shot. Okay. Um, there's also a cover or sample probably by Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, which, and D. Snyder. So apparently it's the, like people from big bands that covered it, uh, as Cra- well as a Crazy bunch of Bone other. with D. Snyder? No, 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 separate. Those oh, separate. damn. I would, yeah, I, I love the Bone Thugs track, uh, the cover of Home with Phil Collins. That's good. See, I'm know. revealing myself right now. Yeah. But that also made me think, uh, we're, I'm going to give you guys a question real quick. I know, Rob. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's a question. You're revealing yourself. Uh, anyway, it made me think about songs that are covered and see if you guys can guess any of the top 10 songs that are covered. I probably would not have been able to do it. Okay. So t- take some guesses. What do you think the top covered song of all time is? Um, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Nope. Damn. Um, it's actually a song I barely even know by a huge band. I want to say like like one of the big Bon Jovi songs. No, man, you guys. No. I'm I'm terrible is, at music. It is yesterday by the Beatles. Oh, okay. Two thousand two hundred okay. times. Wow. Including Joan Baez, Liberace, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, and Vogue and Boys to Men, among many many others. Uh, number two, I can't get no satisfaction. Number three, Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Really. Number four, Cry Me a River by Julie London originally, which was uh, ended up getting. Uh, Covered by Streisand, Joe Cocker, Aerosmith, Rick Astley, <laughs> Bjork, Merle Haggard, and Olivia Newton-John, amongst others. And I Love Her, who was covered by, but it's by the Beatles, but covered by Bob Marley, Smokey Robinson, Barry Manilow, and Vince Gill. Summertime by Janis Joplin. Or, I'm sorry, Summer, Summertime by Abby Mitchell, but covered by Janis Joplin. Imagine by John Lennon. Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. Blackbird by the Beatles. And The Book of Love by Dusty Springfield. Like none of those songs I would have guessed. Any of those. I would have guessed Over the Rainbow, but. I would have guessed some totally different ones. I would have actually guessed number one was going to be All on the Watchtower because we've heard that song more, more often covered than not. I might, because, because after, after the one that I guessed, I would have thought the Beatles. So I probably would have eventually gotten to one of the Beatles songs. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one I would have gotten. It probably would have been Imagine, but I would have probably gotten to one of the Beatles songs eventually. We're going to get yelled at if I don't correct you and say that Imagine was actually John Lennon alone. I just want to save Kerwin the the okay. email. <laughs> Kerwin is the biggest Weird Al Yankovic fan I've I've ever met. Oh God, we're going to totally get something. He's going to be like, well, nice. there to be stupid wasn't actually in it. It was just in the trailer, <laughs> but it's going to, we'll see. But I just thought it was, that was interesting. I just thought it was a very interesting conversation, you know, you know, like why that particular cover resonated with you over any others. So, and it's very good. Yeah, I... Man, I just, I don't know. I think the, um, the part with the, like, 
the vocals that are not his, the thou shall not, mm-hmm. you know, there, if you go back and listen to the Joe Esposito version, um, the Marilyn Manson version, it's, the, those vocals are so much cleaner. It's Gerard McMahon. Sorry? It's Gerard McMahon is this person that sang it originally, not Joe Esposito. I thought it was Joe Esposito. It was uh, written by Gerard McMahon and his writing partner and performed by Gerard McMahon, whose real name is Gerard McMahon, and I might be on the Wikipedia page. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for the correction. But I, I really feel like um, Marilyn Manson has a connection to the movie and to the song, and he really belts it out. So, like I said, I wanted to hate it, but I listened to it. I've listened to it so many times. Uh, not today because I haven't had internet, but it just brings back nostalgia and the Lost Boys because I watched it recently. Oh God, that's that's probably one of the best vampire movies ever made. Definitely agree. Okay, well, um, let's keep going on this music trip real quick before we get into let's do it. toys and toys and toys and toys. Lots of toys. And one of an album by one of your favorite bands, Jimmy, came out, and uh, not out yet. Uh, well, you've heard some songs from it at least. And yes, so, I want to hear a little bit about it because I love them as well. Man, they, uh, they're I I think like up there with the Foo Fighters, they are one of the purest rock and roll bands, purest like rock and roll Amer- American rock and roll bands, um, right now, uh, and have been for the past, God knows, Clutch has been around since before Foo Fighters, but they are starting to release songs from their new album that comes out this fall called book of bad decisions and you know speaking of taking trips the uh i wrote the future rock and roll hall of famers have released um the song called give me the keys which is about their first trip across the united states and it's a lyric video and it really threw me off um have you said when you were (laughs) when you were at work whoa what's going on here yeah, there's um, it's a lyric video, but it's got pictures from their first tour. And at the time, Clutch was they were a hardcore band, um, if you could believe it. <laughs> and if you go back and listen to their older stuff, you'd be like, man, this is not the same band. But yeah, it is. It, you know, it, it it's the same band. And there's a picture, and it goes kind of unidentified, but it has writing on it. And it says skinheads and beer. And I was like, oh shit, no, not you guys. (laughs) Like, don't tell me, you know? So I had to do some further investigation. And it's not that they are like a pro skinhead band. Um, Really at the time, early 90s, you know, mid 90s, skinheads would show up to pretty much any hardcore show where they could just overall be douchebags. Mm And they showed up to a clutch show um, in the Midwest. And this is what the song's about is this, you know, band of, of skinheads. Oftentimes when you're a touring band, you don't know who's opening up for you or who you're opening up for. Um, I can say this with, with experience, um, but this group of skinheads accused clutch of stealing their microphone. And this, <laughs> so there's actually a, like what the lyrics mean video with uh, Neil Fallon, the singer of Clutch. And he's saying, yeah, these skinheads uh, accused us of stealing their microphones, like PM57 or something. And he was so terrified that they were going to follow them back to their hotel that they just like booked it out of there. They wrecked their van and like 
all this crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> wow. I was so relieved to hear that they weren't like, yeah, we played a skinhead festival and be like, oh, God. 90% of our fans are skinheads. And Jimmy. <laughs> and Jimmy. So, but no. did they steal the microphone? I'm, I, I think they did. They did not. Oh, okay. That would been awesome, like, all these years later to just have a picture and be like, yeah, we did. <laughs> well, they, they, there's a picture of that microphone, but not the one that they, they stole or allegedly stole. Um, <laughs> he already condemned them. Not the one they stole. <laughs> there's a great line in there where he says, hey, man, look, dude, you know, we don't got your PM57. Why don't you try some old-fashioned PMA, which is a, a positive mental attitude. Um, it, it's just really, this song makes a lot more sense and much more enjoyable when you look into the, the behind the scenes story. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's, it's one of those weird things. Um, I think a lot so, of people it, out there might not know, might not know clutch. They should. Yeah. And you've heard them. Yeah. They're kind of like pure rock. They're, they're one of those bands that you want to hear in one of two places, like outside in like a hot dusty day mm -hmm. or in just a grimy little bar. Yeah, and you saw them recently at Rockville, right? Uh, no, 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 I saw the sword. Wait, did I see Clutch? Yeah, I saw Clutch. Duh. You saw Clutch, yeah. Whatever. I'm sorry. I saw three. Like, it was three days worth of bands, and it was hot. Yeah. Yes, and um, it was. It, they played middle of the day, and they were really good. And I'm wearing that shirt right yeah. now. Actually, I should have just. I'm flipping it around. That's the noise you hear in the background. And yes, I did in fact see Clutch. I believe it was on day two. <laughs> You're like exorcisting it yeah. to to look at the back of your shirt. Um. So. You know, in addition to the Gimme the Keys, what they're doing is uh, something pretty unique, I think. Um, they're releasing um, curated Spotify playlists by a different member of the band for every single that they release up until the release of the album, which is very cool. It's all their influences. It's a lot of bands I've never heard of, you know, so that's very cool. But they also released a, uh, a music video for the song how to shake hands greg have you seen either of these yet uh briefly i saw them okay <laughs> actually oddly enough i saw them while walking my dog so it was like kind of spotty with the wi-fi okay um how to shake hands is a uh it's a, a campaign video of sorts for the singer neil fallon and he's talking about what he would do as president of the united states <laughs> And, and how he's elected. And it's got all these great, like, Forrest Gump photoshopped images of him <laughs> standing next to Elvis Presley and, like, motorcades. And, and, uh, I, I can get behind it. I, I hope this is a campaign video for, for 2020. <laughs> but, um, he, uh, his, his, uh, you know, cornerstones of his campaign, what he's going to do when he's elected, he's going to put Jimi Hendrix on the $20 bill. And Bill Hicks on a a five dollar bill. Nice. And he's gonna ride UFOs across the country. Rest in peace, I, Bill uh, Hicks. That yeah. that sounds absolutely awesome. However, my vote for twenty twenty is already spoken for by Kanye West. No, by by somebody who, if he runs, all he's got to do is do one thing in a debate, and he will have my vote. No, that'd be the Rock. What's that? That would be the rock. If he goes into a debate and refers to someone as a candy ass or tells them or it doesn't matter what you think, I'll be like, take my vote here. <laughs> I can't stand it. That's awesome. Yeah. Rips off his American have... flag uh, arm elbow pad and drops the elbow. <laughs> he like throws yeah. it into the crowd. Gives, gives the Whoa. people's eyebrow. Yep. 
So now you're starting to sway my decision. <laughs> <laughs> they could be running mates. Oh my God, Neil Fallon and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to make that happen. He, one of the other corners. Fallon ever, Johnson, twenty twenty. We've just put it out there, guys. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Neil Fallon. If you guys are listening, which you're probably not, uh, you have been elected <laughs> uh, by the Give Me Five Party. That's right for twenty twenty. Yes, um, that's a real thing. Or nominated. I'm sorry. It is now. Um, if it, it, Clutch is just American rock and roll. They've got so many different influences. Every album they put out uh, is just, to me, different, fun, and unique. So check out Clutch at pro-rock.com. Pro-rock.com. They've had that for years, by the way. And they are pro-rock. Fallon 2020. On June 30th. Disney opened up Toy Story Land over at Hollywood Studios, which I believe is one of their larger expansions over the past few years. Is that correct, Rob? Yes, it is. Oh, oh well, that's yeah. fine. You, you guys are hearing a new voice, which I haven't had a chance to introduce yet, but I will do that right now. So joining us for the, the chat about Toy Story Land is Jen from Streaming the Magic and from, well, from a bunch of things. Go ahead and tell us all the places you're from. <laughs> Okay. Hi there. My name is Jen. I am the chief content creator at Streaming the Magic and also for our own personal YouTube channel, Earsom Emporium on YouTube as well. So yeah, and I'm the biggest giant Disney nerd you'll ever find. <laughs> she really is. And that's why we are bringing you here today to yeah. chat about this stuff. So tell us a little bit about Toy Story Land just in general, and then we'll kind of go to all the new stuff. New stuff that's in there. Well, it's uh, open June 30th, and we knew it'd be a crazy opening day type of event. Um, cast preview was very limited, so a lot of casts were not even able to attend any previews. Uh, they did one soft opening Friday night, so a few lucky guests were able to sneak in there and hop on Slinky Dog very quickly before it was time. But it was a beautiful land, very, very packed. We were there at 4.30 in the morning, but we made it through, saw everything, and we finished the land by 7.45 before the crowd got there. Now, now what what um, what rides were added to the park with Toy Story Land? Just two rides, which is the Alien Swirling Saucers. Yeah, the... that, that, was, that was a <laughs> terrible naming decision the because the Alien Swirling Saucers will now forever be abbreviated as ASS. Mm. So I don't know who at Disney is running is running the naming show, but they they failed. They also have the and, All-Star Sports. Yeah, All-Star Sports. But we also came across the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, which is MILF. MILF. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, so, like, like, well, they could have done swirling alien saucers, which is SAS, but like, it's that's a SDA. military organization. So I mm -hmm. guess, I mean, yeah, I guess really the only people that abbreviated are people just kind of texting quickly, like, right. meet but me it, over at ass. Well, it's common for Disney folk because you know we're going to go ride R and R today and tot, and people are like, a oh, what? But that's rock and roller coaster and Tower of Terror, but normal good disney people know their abbreviations so everybody uses those abbreviations you know slinky dog dash is the sdd now <laughs> but except when they talk about alien swirling saucers <laughs> they will not be allowed to abbreviate it no 
Vegas. Let's go ride ass. But yeah, I is. try to do that every Friday. Night. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but it was it was amazing, beautiful. I liked it. I think it was well themed, uh, very colorful. The line was so. This is one of those where they've colorful. got like the full on theming that a lot of the Disney yeah, parks and Universal started doing after Harry Potter and all that. Right. You walk in and you're like the size of a toy. So, you know, Woody is time. Like he'll say something. All the big character pieces, Jesse, Woody, Buzz, Mm -hmm. they actually talk. It's time somehow that they they will say, you know. And and one of the other things I noticed is you're walking through Toy Story Land. They actually have um, like these giant shoe prints that are on the ground. And it's supposed to be Andy's footprints. Right. Right. Because they're toys. Now yeah. we're toys. That's the whole premise of the land. That like hanging out in the yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he created this Linky Dog coaster from the coaster set that he got. But, of course, he made some improvements because yeah. you can see his childlike drawings of the plans in the line. So it's <laughs> really cool. cute. Even I mean, everything down to the cheese chairs. Oh, yeah. They've got yeah. Um... Woody's lunchbox. At Woody's lunchbox, the chairs are baby bells, half half baby bells, like Sponsored baby bells cut in half. Bell. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's cool. Round cheese, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. with a little wax yeah. thing. I can, yeah. I can eat some of those, man. Yeah. yeah, those are delicious. They're new. They're all over the parks now, so they must be the new big sponsor. But we're like, hey, that works. But I, I unfortunately did not get to ride anything as I did not arrive at the park till about ten o'clock. I think. Yeah, it was about ten o'clock, and by the time I got there. The line just to get into Toy Story <laughs> Land to then be able to choose a line to wait in. The line to choose a line to wait in was like six hours. Yeah. That's crazy. They had it wrapped around because it's still using that same entrance, you know, right next to Toy Story Mania, right down that Pixar alley and make a right. The second entrance mm-hmm. isn't open yet. Okay. So it's all being funneled through that hallway. And then they had to use. All of great movie ride, like kind of switchbacking through there. Yeah, they used all of the queue in front of great movie oh, ride. Mm-hmm. And then it wrapped all the way around to past Path of the Jedi, right? Yeah, pa- like almost to yeah, Path of the Jedi. Like it was crazy at one point. I was like, wow, so glad I got up at 2.30 to be there at 4.30. Uh, I can only so imagine glad. what the Star Wars opening is going to be like then. Oh, it's going to be even, gonna be even worse. I, And they were people that were saying, oh, we're going to camp in the parking lot. But apparently I did confirm that, that Studios allows you to do that. Because apparently during Star Wars celebrations past, mm-hmm. people camp and sleep in the car. And they will be allowed to do that as soon as they will be allowed to do that. Because they, they let people do that apart. You know what that means, Rob? We yeah. can we can go to the parking lot and mug people that are sleeping in their cars. <laughs> there you go. Because yeah. there'll be so I many think... lightsabers we could get. Mm. Heck yeah! Exactly. All the collectibles that people have—you never know. But if that's going to be twice as crazy as this, but surprisingly, none of the rides broke down. They went smooth. You know, a slinky dog. I think does about. Yeah, so go ahead and tell me about first of all the alien swirling saucers. Tell me about ass. About ass. Well, Alien Swirling Saucers is a similar ride to Mater's uh, Backyard or Junkyard Jamboree in um, Disneyland. It is like a trackless ride. So it's not going to make you motion sick. So it's not like teacup spinning, 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 and you're going to be, no, it's not, it's a, it's more of an undulating kind of like it swirls from side to side and then it stops and it goes the other direction. So it doesn't completely go a 360 and okay. it was fine i did not get 
queasy one bit, but it's very fun. You're basically, you have one of the tiny little aliens driving and you're inside the claw, the claw, and you're inside, it's all pizza themed. Ooh, Ooh you have claw. been chosen. It's I have been chosen. so cute. <laughs> you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're like in a giant pizza planet claw machine and mm -hmm. you're just in there with them and even the window panes are like pe like pepperoni pizza with mushrooms and mm -hmm. the whole decor and it's very cute but it's a very simple cute ride and that's the ride i would get a fast pass for because that would be the one that you'd be like okay i wish i had a fast pass for this it's not bad but it's not slinky dog it's not the premier ride of the, it's not of the, the premier yeah. ride and yeah that's kind but of why i asked about that cute. one first because i just from looking at the plans and I watched yeah. a, a ride through of Slinky Dog. Yeah, you're just oh Slinky Dog is amazing. It's just so good. Like I that is I like that coaster. I mean it's got enough thrills for an adult. It's not like oh mine train, which still bores me to death, but you know. But it's not like rock and roller coaster either. It's not R and R, but it's it's got a mid ride relaunch, which okay. is pretty cool. And I love his little tail and it's like he's got the do -do -do doing tail, you know. Oh, uh, it's like a spring loaded like tail. It. Yeah, so yeah, it's so it's so a traditional it's, roller coaster for the most part. I I did look at a couple things. I liked the um yeah, the relaunch looked like a like Andy had built it kind of thing, like with like little yes. red lines or something. Yeah, it's all like that. Like he created the coaster with his coaster set, but it's a good like it's smooth, very cool, plenty of twists and turns. Like it's a cool coaster. Like it may it's maybe family friendly, but it's definitely not boring. Like Nice. You know, people have ridden it over and over again already. And of course, uh, animatronics are all working. You know, you have Wheezy at the end, although he got stuck recently because somebody had just, I think either yesterday or the day before, um, you see like that's the big finale is it says the big finale. Mm -hmm. and he he sings with giant, the, uh, the speak and spell thing or whatever that little yeah, microphone thing. Yeah. Spell, yeah, the speak and spell like little thing. And you have Wheezy singing. Uh, you got a friend in me at the end. And it's it's adorable. I think it's a it's was worth the wait. But it was 20 minutes. We got on the ride in 20 minutes. But that was because we got there early. Everybody thought, oh, the park doesn't open till eight, even early. They didn't think they 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 didn't think they would let us into the land, but they let us into Toy Story Land at six thirty. So Disney's been opening it every day at six thirty. Hmm. So that's that's why the next day most people did the same thing because they were allowed in at six, allowed into the land at six thirty. I guess a few other bloggers were like, "We thought it wasn't going to open till eight, and by the time you get there at eight, the line's ridiculous." So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's worth this, it to get there early. Now, this being Toy Story, um, at any point, is there any part there that will make an adult cry? Because all the Toy Story movies have that effect. I think it, it needs to be. It needs only, to make only yeah. if you're a girl. That those movies are sad, particularly yeah. Toy Story three. Well, didn't he give them all to his baby sister? In Toy Story three. Oh no, no he gave them to. Uh, Little girl that whose mom worked for the uh, that's right. the nurse the little nursery daycare center. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah but the and then he went off to college, and then my wife cries. Oh, uh. he's grown up. But I think the one part that's going to make adults cry is the amazing brew, amazing view over at ASS of Toys of a Star Wars Land. Oh. That is the best part of riding Aliens Rolling Saucers is this backstage view because you have a 
unobstructed view right now of the mountains and it's just you can see the top of the cantina you're just like oh my goodness it's coming it's coming like and i think you said that or jimmy said that like when do you think they're gonna put the uh, wall di- up different jimmy like, this would be a, a different jimmy from yeah, the one that our listeners are aware of are aware yeah. of correct rob's correct. jimmy <laughs> Rob's jimmy. <laughs> my jimmy your jimmy my jimmy talks that's right he's like Yes, that's the best part. But they made very, very just cute details, like little, of course, Easter eggs, because this is Disney, like on the box, it's the, it's uh, 1998. I think it's, it's because it's the, it's the first movie came out in 1998. Mm -hmm. The little sticker on the price tag of one of the toy boxes is the, the date that the movie, the first movie came out. Um, Right. And they read, they actually redid the entrance to um, to Midway Mania. Yeah. And um, I didn't think that we had the the talking Mr. Potato Head. He's I thought been it was broken only for Disneyland. many years. So his ear didn't fall off or anything, but uh, Mr. Potato Head is back singing. Huh. He, he was, brought him back. He was he was up and running when we were up there. and running. Ears and I mean it was wonky. He put it mm. in wonky, but at least he didn't drop the ear and he was working. But you can only see him in the standby line. So getting fast passes for Toy Story Mania is super easy now because that's the one ride you're going to get a fast pass for. Mm-hmm. So, but that by by having that, it enabled us to get Jimmy and Rob back into the land after lunch because we would have had to stand in that eleven hour line to get back into the land itself. Yeah. But if you had a fast pass, you were allowed to go back in because you gotcha. have a fast pass. Nice. Right. So uh, that's another tip. Cool. Now you you mentioned lunch. Did you guys try any of the new food? Not at Woody's Lunchbox yet, but I want to go back and just eat and do that. Just try out. The the line was, uh, there was about an hour and a half line just for the food. For quick serve. For quick serve. The the s'mores French toast looks like a good way to die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They have a Monte Cristo with raspberry jam. They have the baby bells, of course. It's all peanut butter and jelly. It's all sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all... um, what do you call those things? It's like a pop tart, but they're called the um, toaster pastry. Yeah, the toaster pastries, but they're called box tarts because they're oh, Woody's okay. and they're handheld, easy to eat type of deals. But mobile order does work, so that's probably the best way to do it. Is that's, mobile order? That's your pro tip of the day. Pro tip of the day. Well, pro tip is to make a fast pass for Toy Story Midway Mania, so you can get into the land without having to get into that ridiculously long line. Although lines have not been long. Um, we've had a few streamers gone back. I unfortunately am currently blacked out till Sunday, so I can't go back, but they've been back and they said they never waited. Well, they never saw more than a 90 minute wait on Slinky. It's not like a Pandora situation because Slinky's it moves fast. I mean, they're running two carts at once and the only time they close is inclement weather, which Mm -hmm. did happen when you were there. So the lightning and thunder, they will shut it down because it's outside. That's mm-hmm. the only drawback, but it's not like ridiculous Pandora lines and you got to camp out for six hours. Now, nah. is it, is it bigger than Pandora? Because my thing with Pandora it's was very pa- small. Pandora was neat and all, but I mean, it's really just those two rides and then you kind of wander around a little bit and there's really not a whole lot to Pandora. But I mean, that's all you see. I mean, Toy Story Land is pretty much, it's going to be bigger, a little bit more once they open the second entrance, which is. I think going to be part of where Star Wars land is going to be. So there's right now we're still being funneled down that Pixar mm-hmm. hallway, but I think it'll seem more open, but it's only three rides. Like 
same thing and Woody's Lunchbox and they don't even have an actual merchandise location they're just carts they have two merchandise carts in the actual land but so there's I, no actual stores inside the land right but I think it's I would say I would gather to say I don't have the exact numbers but I think it's the same size as Pandora it just seems like it's more spread out because it's an open area but it's just the, the three rides you have the alien okay. swirling saucer slinky dog dash and now the new entrance of midway mania on the back but by the way i found the answer to your question fun fact toy story land is 11 acres and pandora the world of avatar is 12 acres so okay. it's approximately about the same because i felt they were about the same size so yep that's the answer to that boom boom excellent disney knowledge <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to go going. I it's going to be a while before my pass is kind of live again, Should but be. I'll have to get yeah. there sooner or later. Sooner or later. And my neighbor's car is being stolen apparently. Oh no! Yeah, woo! So I think that covers Toy Story Land for us, correct? Oh, do we didn't talk about the bathrooms? Oh wait, but bathrooms. Yeah, I do, I do enjoy a good little bit of potty talk. So let's make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, tell me. About the bathrooms. The restrooms are very important because it's all about theming. Theming is awesome. It's a part tinker toy, and they use the cootie game. So there's cooties all over the bathroom. Nice. Oh, yeah. So you're going to have Would you say way. they're tinkle toys? They're tinkle no. toys. Ah, I see what you did there. It's all the... It's very yeah. funny. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But definitely a must-see and a must-do. It's, it's, I think it was a giant success and the merchandise is pretty amazing too, honey. Oh, the- actually I did have, I did have one question. Um, is there any sort of like play area around there? So I thought they were going to have like some sort of climbing or something. Uh, Cause I think that part of what went away was honey, I shrunk the kids, correct? Yes. But there is not a real play area. For the kids inside the land, they've pretty much utilized every bit of space for Two merchandise carts, three rides, and Woody's lunchbox, and that's pretty much it, you know, right now. Gotcha. Yep, they didn't. But so I like what they've I like what they've done with some of the rides with actually having like little play areas in the lines so the parents can wait and the kids oh. can go play so they're not like on board, you know, like oh, Winnie the Pooh yes. and oh. Dumbo. Yes, the, the lines are interactive, so they do have like you can touch they're like giant toys. So you could on the alien swirling saucers ride, you can kind of like touch the dials on the thing and there's music playing and it's a different song every time. Very entertaining oh, cool. cues. And Slinky Dog has all the giant glues, the Swiss the Green Army men, so all the toys. You're surrounded by toys. And Not- Rob can embarrass himself with Bo Peep. With Bo Peep. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. But Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, where can all of the theme park fans uh, find you again, Jen? We are. Well, you can find me at Streaming the Magic. I am there on on YouTube primarily now, but we do also have a Facebook group. Also, subscribe to Jen uh, to Jen and Rob at Airsome Emporium, which is our own channel. We definitely do more in-depth theme park videos, not just Disney, Halloween, Horror Nights, and, of course, our keto life. So we do some cooking videos as well. But that's where you can find us. A little bit of everything. Yep. Cool. Cool. Thank you again. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. And I will talk to you guys later. Thanks.
Well, the other thing I want to talk about is season two of Glow, which came out on Netflix, I believe, a week ago from when we're recording this. And I'm going to talk about it briefly, one for time, but also because uh, Jimmy and Rob have not had a chance to see it yet. Not yet. Anyway, um, it was a really good season. I did not expect to watch it all the way through. And what ended up happening was I was, you know, I sat down to watch one episode and one episode became two episodes and two episodes became three episodes. And then I I watched half of the 10 episodes. It was up to five. And then the very next day, same thing happened through six through 10. Uh, Just a few little things. I won't get into too many plot points. It really did kind of pick up from last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, The wrestling is way better this season. Like they actually do it in in multiple episodes. And the... You know, they, they, you could tell that once the show got picked up for season two and now season three. Oh, wow. They started training and they actually, you know, there's, there's some hip tosses, stuff like that. And you could tell, like, you, you can see their faces. It's not a stunt person. Mm. And, you know, they take some bumps. They do all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> How long did Glow actually last? The real thing? I think. Yeah. I'm, four I'm very. Or five young. seasons. Yeah, I know. So the wrestling was way better, which is one thing I thought was interesting. I thought the plot lines were great. You got to kind of explore more of the characters. There's a brand new character who is a former stripper who gets brought on to cover for someone. And there's you know some cattiness going on in the locker room. There is some you know, a little bit of injury storylines, things like that. But there is one of the episodes they, you know, all these Netflix shows tend to do like one or two standalone episodes that kind of don't follow the plot. Yeah. And sometimes like they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Seven of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And some people like it. Some people hate it. But the standalone episode for this was actually an episode of Glow, as done by our characters, not the original one. So oh, they wow. did like, they showed, they like did skits. They did, you know, actual wrestling. They did, you know, run ins and all sorts of stuff. It was really awesome. So I thought that was really cool. And there's another little kind of side plot thing for, for wrestling fans that you, the wrestling fans will probably like this. And it's not a major plot point. It's just something interesting. Um, do you remember guys, the first season, Machu Picchu, whose brothers were like professional wrestlers. So, and they trained them for a little while. Mm-hmm. So at one point, Machu Picchu is watching her brothers on TV. And, uh, the, one of the, the training women is like, well, why aren't we stealing all their moves? Like, why aren't we, this is gold mine. This look at these storylines. We could use this stuff. And she's like, Machu Picchu is like, uh, no, we can't do that. That's, you know, that's not the way wrestlers roll, right? It's, you know, if someone comes up with a move. It's it's not like a hard and fast rule, but people won't. don't do it. Yeah, like and people do it occasionally, but they'll change the name of it or change it up a little bit. But anyway, so eventually, of course, you see someone steal one of the moves, which is kind of like a it's basically jumping off of like the second rope and with like a double handed like hatchet kind of move. Yeah, and um, so the brothers who are who are played by um, uh, Chavo Guerrero, who's a wrestler from. WWE and WCW, I believe, as well. Yeah. And he's considered one of the best. He does training and all sorts of stuff. And Carlito, who was a wrestler for WWE, who was kind of like a mid-level wrestler, not huge, but not small. Yeah, they tried, to, they tried to push him. Yeah. And they basically come in and are like, look, you st- stole my move, Carlito's move. It's His name isn't Carlito. He goes by Big Keith in this. But it, he um comes back, and he is huge now. Carlito's massive now, like really? not like fat, but like just like yoked. Yeah, like uh, built like uh, who's the uh, he's gone. He he just recently left. I want to say Rhino, but that's not it. The guy that was built like a rhinoceros, but it's not Rhino. 
bald guy. He came uh, in with Goldberg. No, no, no. He was he came in with like the that group of like young dudes that kind of overtook. Like <sighs> it was like the NXT people, but not. But anyway, he's built like that. He's huge now. Okay. And so they they basically um, determine what's you know like okay, well you did this. You're on TV. We're not quite on TV yet, so you're gonna advertise for us. So they actually make Machu Picchu wear a shirt that says um, "The Jacksons are my favorite wrestlers," meaning those guys. But what I saw is that's actually a callback to something that really happened when Eddie and Chavo Chavo were in WCW, and Eddie Guerrero, who's Chavo's brother, I think, or cousin, I forget, in real life, uh, cousin, cousin, forced Chavo Guerrero to wear a shirt that said Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler when they were both wrestling at WCW. So they actually kind of did one callback to like pro wrestling and it was just really good. It was fun. You know, the 30 minute or 26 minute episodes just they fly by the characters all went places that you expected. You know, the, the ones that had breakdowns, you expected to have breakdowns. The, it was just fun. Uh, to save ourselves a little bit of uh, research, Chavo Guerrero is the uh, nephew of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, nephew. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they tag team for a while, and when and Eddie Guerrero has passed away. For those of you guys that don't follow wrestling, and they did, he was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, he was he was so much fun to watch, and he was his whole thing was like you know cheating to win, but like he made it fun. So usually, if someone cheats to win, you always boo them, but he was the one that you cheered for. He was the bad guy that you liked. Yeah, and actually made it all the way up to the championship, I believe. He held the championship he did. for a while. Yeah, it's it's a pretty awesome moment when he wins the championship if you mm -hmm. even if you're not a wrestling fan yeah and then he passed away while on tour with wwe mm -hmm. and it was a lot of the guys looked up to him so it was you know stop the presses type situation so anyways um for on glow you know it it's a, it's a fun watch i highly suggest watching it, even if you don't like wrestling because it's you know there is some wrestling in there but it's definitely there's relationship talk there's there's uh you know love there's challenges they're also it's you know if you like sports movies anything like that i think you should watch or, or if you like you know nostalgia if you like stuff from the 80s yeah there's i mean the, there's the soundtrack neon. there's oh yeah the soundtrack season three has been announced so we'll, we'll see what happens after that but the soundtrack yeah um warrior of course there's some billy joel songs in there there's all i mean everything the some run dmc this season yeah it's good stuff you know, we really enjoyed season one, so hopefully I'll I'll get around to season two soon. So with our big toy extravaganza episode, the this toy extravaganza, the toy toygasm, whatever. I like toygasm. It's you know the the second season of the toys that made us has been released, and these these four it's an eight part documentary series about the toys that we all know. Yep. <laughs> For the plastic, most part, there's a few that we do not know about. Last for generations, and we still cannot let go. Yes, as can be said by the fact that I'm sitting here in a room like overflowing with Legos. Yes, yes, you are. I have seen that room. There's Legos everywhere. And but, these are my Legos. These aren't even my child's Legos. Exactly. You can't even be like, oh no, 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 they're for my kid. No, we. And we he all knows. He's like, I know. I'm not allowed to touch Daddy's Legos. Exactly. Actually, there was a um, Lego explosion in the playroom. Over the past couple of days, he was left to his own devices, and I had to, like, balance my reaction to not be the guy from the Lego movie, where I had to go in there and be like, Everything is awesome! <laughs> no, like, I, I was very happy that he was building other stuff, but I know that he always wants it to go back to the way it was, and I'm 
he had gotten to the point of where I didn't quite know where to go from there. Although he did invent a Lego guy, which instead of a head, he has, uh, he had like Lego feet. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, daddy, I made a robot. Like I need to talk to him about genetic engineering and like, you know, why <laughs> just because you can make a person Does with a butt. You should make dinosaurs. Yeah just, yeah. just because you can make a person with a butt for a head. Doesn't mean you have to make a person for with a butt for a head. Or that you even should make a person with a butt for a head. Exactly. Anyway, so what did these most recent uh, four episodes cover? So uh, season two covered Star Trek, Transformers, Lego, and Hello Gunner. What was the last one? Yeah, Nobody cares. I, I, <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched that one yet either. But I'm going. I'm actually going to watch it tonight when I'm done here. It's the the last episode is Hello Kitty. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued as to why that's popular. So I think I'm actually going to watch it, which is weird because I didn't really care much about Barbie either. And that was one of the most interesting episodes of the first four. You know, I, I, I watched the Hello Kitty episode and I still don't get it. <laughs> I'm just like, why? I don't, I no, what? Hmm. Whatever. Well, there's like, I know there's a very large group of like people that just really love like Japanese culture. And, and I know that the you know from my friends that were like that you know all throughout high school and even college there was friends that loved hello kitty culture and they were like the ones that immediately grabbed like little hello kitty like makeup things and whatever so i mean there's a market there and of course there's i mean there's that store at universal which i'm scared to walk into Mm -hmm. i think if you if a single guy walks in there they immediately end up on some sort of watch list so (laughs) very likely (laughs) yeah but anyway so the toys that made us uh season two um, yeah, I loved the first season. I mean, I guess it's really season 1.2 or 1.5 or whatever they want to call well, it. Well, they, they actually call it season two. Okay. Uh, the first one, of course, covered G.I. Joe, which is what led us to our one of our favorite episodes of our own show. Yes, that interview with Kirk Bazidian was fantastic. Yeah, we, we talked about G.I. Joe and we kind of relived our, our G.I. Joe days. And so that first season was really exciting for me because G.I. Joe was my toy. And I think back then you kind of picked one toy or two toys and that was kind of it. Like that was your toy that you were going to collect, and it was too expensive to get go beyond that. Yeah, I I actually had two, and I actually had one toy in each of the seasons. The first season I had the GI Joes, but this season I actually actually had a several of the toys of the Transformers. Gotcha. I had two Transformers. That's it. Did I you, had? <laughs> did you did you did you ever break one of them and hide it? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Because I did that. I had. I, I was had, so embarrassed to tell my mom that I that I that I broke it because I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now I had a Starscream, mm-hmm. the the gray jet who actually had the same voice as Cobra Commander on the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, I think it was Ravage, the little cassette tape that turned into a, like a yes Panther or something. Yes. And Ravage, I actually found in the sand at the bottom of a sliding board at the park. Oh really? Yeah, and as soon as I found it, I was like, <gasps> and like stuck it in my pocket, and you know, score. Yeah, like I'm sure there was some little kid crying for that, and I kept it. I wish I still had that. It was, that was actually a cool toy. Yeah, there so, there were some, um, yeah there was stuff that I wanted that I that I that I never really got because I think I think I came to the Transformers party late. So mm-hmm. I mean, like the Dinobots cool were pretty ones. cool. Well, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Dinobots, but I always liked like Optimus Prime, and I liked um, mm-hmm. Soundwave. And um, who were the other ones that I really liked? Optimus Prime, Soundwave, because Soundwave came with the with the cassette, and so it was like two Transformers in one. 
I and think Sta- Soundwave had that like completely badass voice. Yeah, did he did he come with Rumble or Laserbeak? Laserbeak, I think. I think I think you're right. I think it might have been Laserbeak. Um, Let's look that up. Yeah, but um, I I loved Soundwave. Um, I liked Optimus Prime. Uh, it came with Laserbeak. Okay, so it was Laserbeak. You can buy one on um, eBay right now for fourteen ninety nine. What a Laserbeak or a Soundwave? A Soundwave. No way, really. Transformers G one Soundwave Decepticon with tapes. Is it broken? No, I don't know what G one stands for. It says Gen- new, but Generation Generation one. one. Yeah. Holy crap! Fourteen ninety nine. eBay, here I come. It's just not in the box, but whatever. Oh, I don't. I don't care. Yeah. So it means it's not new, like they say. But yeah, that's yeah. If you buy that, I'm coming over to play with it. Yeah, you are. It says with tapes, so it looks like it comes with. Um, we're selling someone else's stuff, but um, looks like it might actually have uh, both both of the characters. Well, there was more than two. Yeah, there was. The, well, it looks like this one has Laserbeak and Ravage, according to the photo. Because because there was what there was Laserbeak, Ravage, Buzzsaw, which was the counter to Laserbeak. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like the he was like yeah. Then there was Rumble. And there was actually, I believe there was a second Panther, and there was a second guy like Rumble. So I think there were six yeah. in all, weren't there? Yeah, I think so. And there was two different series, like, they came out two different years. because like the first the first round and then the second round. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, now that you mentioned, I did have one more Transformer, but I got it later. And I don't remember his name, but he was the, he was big, he was a Jet, but he was an Autobot. And he was Jetfire. big. Jetfire. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, he was expensive as crap. Yeah, like, and he, <laughs> and, and he was a total ripoff. I couldn't believe it. Oh, he was Jet, just a Robotech. Yeah, totally. Jetfire was a complete ripoff. I and I didn't know that until I watched this episode. They yep. they they were they were basically just commandeering whatever the hell they could get and slapping the Transformers name on it. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the Transformers real quick. So they started in Japan. And we're just well, being no, no, sold no. as multiple different toys, right? Didn't they? They they actually started from GI Joe. Okay. They got their start from GI Joe because there was this there was this I almost like a toy exchange kind of thing between the American yeah. company and the Japanese company, and they gave the Japanese company the the um what is it the the full the full GI Joe figure and okay. they. Japan had to change it to get it to to get it to market to theirs. So what they decided okay. to do was they decided to make the skin translucent and put like gears on the inside of it, and they made it Robot Man oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. whatever they called it. And yep. that was actually the beginning of Transformers. Yep. And then there was like kind of it was like a mishmash of like various character, various other toys, but none of them had like good guy, bad guy personalities kind of thing. When they right. came over here, the American market basically had to like they had to change it and give them personalities and characters and you know set it up with a comic book and whatever and they basically gave the naming to this like he seemed like an intern (laughs) and he just basically like had to name all of these like characters which is kind of a cool job looking at this be like you're optimus prime (laughs) good you're a jet you're gonna be Jetfire. yeah because because they were trying to figure out a way for the american kids to get invested in the toy because they they needed like some kind of story some kind of plot line uh like a comic book or a cartoon or something 
and they needed to give these these toys a backstory so that the kids would want to buy them and play with them. They ended up becoming like the best, one of the best selling toys of 1984 and 1985. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then they started introducing more and more crazy ideas and basically mining the Japanese market for what do you got? Yeah. And what's inter- one of the big things I thought was interesting was you could tell creatively when they weren't going to Japan and, and working with those toy makers. The, you mean the, the transformation one. of the toys? Yeah, like they started becoming really lame. And like they didn't transform so much anymore as have like a shell that the robot would fit into. Right. Be like a monster and then you could like add stuff to it. And it just wasn't, wasn't as well engineered. Right. And I mean, these things were engineered out of wood, which is crazy, I thought. Oh, yeah. That was that, I just unbelievable to think about that. Like, I mean, this stuff would be hard to engineer on a computer these days, much less carve out of wood. Just yeah. nuts. Just, just insane. And, and like, like we were saying, they, they just started, they just started mining the Japanese culture for anything that they could take and turn into a robot. And I'm like, I'm like, man, Jetfire was a total ripoff. Oh, and let's not even get started on them destroying our childhood. Holy crap. Yeah, let's, let's talk, let's talk about the what? Transformer movie, which they bring what? up the Transformer what? movie. Oh my God. You know, just. Let's talk about marketing a little bit. You know, my background, of course, is marketing. I went into radio, and I went into it thinking that everyone at the radio station was all about the music. But what it was about was, what are we going to advertise on the station? So if all of a sudden we have a bunch of Lexus dealerships open up, one of these stations had better be a smooth jazz station because that's who's getting that advertising money. You know, if we have, if we're advertising, they always call it candy and soda and stuff like that, it's going to be pop. That's moms and kids, usually. So when I looked at toys, it was, they meant something to me. You know, it was, this is the good guys. These are the bad guys. These are the ones I played with. And they were like, what are we going to do next year? Because we've already sold all of these toys. Mm-hmm. With the release of the Transformer movie and the utter destruction of our childhood idols in the, the Transformers movie, where they basically killed off everybody in the, like, what, the first 10 minutes of the show? 10 minutes of the movie. It was very and, early. Yeah. And, and introduced all these new characters. And in this, in this episode, we found out why they did it. And it just disgusted me because the reason that they decided to destroy our childhood was so that they could make different toys and sell those. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like they were trying to take Rodimus prime and make him like a captain America kind of deal. Maybe to take right. it away from Japan. I, it was weird, but it was all marketing, you know? And, Ugh, made the made my stomach sink for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, it did have the awesome You're theme bastards. song, the "Touch," which I loved. I love that song. And yeah. uh, which uh, Weird Al Yankovic song was featured in that movie? There was one. There was yeah. a Weird Al Yankovic song in that movie. There was. <laughs> what? What was it? I don't. I'm... Dare to be stupid was in there. Really? I don't remember when, but uh, what? I, yeah. Oh my god! I have to watch that again just to see if you're if you're messing with me. Now, I, I can come up with some weird crap, but that is definitely not one of them. But That's awesome. For you. Uh, so anyway, we'd like to welcome to the podcast real quick, Jimmy. Who, Yay, uh, Jimmy! You're not going to, you guys out there aren't going to know this, but when we were talking about Toy Story Land in the beginning of the toys that made us, those parts were recorded at a different time because Jimmy's internet went out and we record from different locations. So the internet that he got put up last week was out. So we recorded a couple things. Yeah. Just to make sure we had some content for you guys. So there'll be some times when you hear Jimmy 
uh, those are the times we're going to refer to as the good part of the podcast. <laughs> or the, and then or there's going to be times when you don't hear Jimmy. The really bad part. <laughs> yeah, and there's going to be times when you don't hear Jimmy, which is going to be the, the times where uh, Greg and Rob are blithering like idiots. Or well, be no, like, because Jen held it down pretty good. Nice. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm sorry I missed that. Well, you'll you'll have to listen. And then uh, review us I on will have iTunes. To listen, actually. Yes, and, and leave a review. And, okay. and buy a shirt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so as I was saying, the the you know they they have toy lines and they need to you know sell more toys every year. So it's after a while they couldn't just like make maybe we'll do an Optimus Prime this different color. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do whatever. After a while they couldn't do that. Yeah. So, so they just killed him. Yeah. Basically. So the the movie comes out and all these kids rush out to see their favorite Transformers and. They basically kill everybody. Yeah, it's like early in the movie. And it's like, what the yeah. F, man? What year did that movie come out? I believe it was 86. Mm. I'll look. We also uh, determined, Jimmy, that um, you could buy a uh, open wave. box sound wave for fourteen ninety nine with tapes. Yeah. yeah, It's on eBay, though, so you guys are going to outbid each other. Um, I actually have one. <gasps> what? Yeah. We're going to Jimmy's house to play with toys. It's somewhere. <laughs> it's in a box that I have yet to open. We're going to go to Jimmy's house and unpack his house. <laughs> He's, just telling, okay. us he has Please He's do. just telling us that he has one so that we unpack for him. <laughs> like, oh, it's that box over there. And can you fold all that underwear and put it in that drawer, please? Uh, that would be 1986, August 8th. Yeah. Was the day that our childhoods died. Ugh. Those those bastards. And I, that is one of the movies I saw in the theater back then. I didn't. I saw the weird ones in the theater. Like, I, I didn't see, like, Back to the Future in the theater. I saw, like... Crawl <laughs> and rad, as we determined. Um, I okay. won't tell you guys how old I was when that movie came out. Very young. So yeah, like they did that. They was you know they introduced Rodimus Prime, and I think like if I remember correctly, like there was some sort of like turncoat thing, and it was, and of course the Unicron giant planet destroying robot, which it took them years to make the actual toy of that. And yeah, so I thought that was a just really interesting kind of insight into the Transformers thing and why they depressed all of us and in my mind like when i got to that part i'm like oh this must be the end of the episode because i kind of forgot about the movies and i forgot about the evolution years oh like like, beast wars yeah like i totally forgot about beast wars beast wars was amazing um i can remember going to school and talking about oh my god look at these you know computer graphics Mm -hmm. and that was very on you know what did we have um like Roughnecks, maybe around the same time, maybe a little bit later. But what was the other one that I'm forgetting? There's that show like where they lived inside of a computer. Mm, that's killing me right now. Reboot. Yeah. Reboot. That's yeah. I actually really liked that cartoon too. So did I, yeah. Then they tried to bring it back and it got weird, but... Mm-hmm. They tried to reboot it. hey Yeah. All right, I'm leaving. See ya. <laughs> Peace out. You're, you're not. Just, no, 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 no. You're not here to stop the dad jokes. I'm sorry. Um, I love the the editing in this episode. I don't know if you guys had had talked about it already, but you know when they brought in Takara and they had the, I guess the actual like the Kirk Bazigian of Takara come in. And he sits down in a chair and he starts to talk, and then they're like, oh, and then they broke ties with Takara, and he gets up and walks away. Yeah, and they go, oh, and then they came back and he sits down and he's just yeah. very. He just kind of like that room that he was in. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, for like, really, if that this season was all the Transformers episode, I would have been perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But 
I also kind of wanted to touch on the Lego episode, which I actually watched last night, and it is depressing. Yeah, it is. is. Really? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It like, seems like every other month they were on the brink of bankruptcy. Which is crazy because, like, you know, here's your little spoiler. I mean, they're the they ended up becoming the top toy in the world like a couple years ago. But yeah, there was some like they made some really weird decisions. Like Lego started off as a company that made like wooden ducks, basically, <laughs> like you could pull on a string and they would like quack and stuff. And then they ended up making a couple like interlocking block sets, and then they patented the the tubes, which are the little circles on the inside of the Lego block, which made them like stay better. And my dad had some of the original ones, like the ones before that, which like you'd stack them up and they'd fall over. And they were, um, I think they were like red and white, and that was it. Like they show them briefly in the episode. Um, but then they patented this thing, and just they did a like a great job late seventies, early eighties, and they showed all these sets mm-hmm. that I had, like the space sets, uh, the yellow castle, which I didn't have that one, but you know it's still one of considered one of the best like toy sets ever. Um, and then they end up, ahead. then they end up like losing the patent, or they tried to renew it, but there was something where they they were trying to get like a a lifetime patent, and they just it just it got denied like over and over again, and it was patented in. And, you know, Denmark and I don't know. It was a big, I'm not a patent attorney. What, what years did that span? Cause I have not seen that episode and I'm curious. Uh, when did they start? Like when did the Lego company actually begin when it was just a bunch of stuff? Well, that, that was like the twenties, wasn't it? I want to say yeah. like 28. Yeah, it was during, it was dur- during uh, one of the world wars, I think, but, uh, they lost the American patent in, in the early two thousands. Which is why you start seeing those Lego blocks that are like, you know, Tyco and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like for a while, these things would come out and they just kind of dealt with the, the lawsuits because they were making money. Mm-hmm. Founded in 1932. Yeah. So it was during World War II that they were still making toys throughout, you know, throughout the... Uh... Denmark. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a little bit of talk of World War II and, you know, kind of, you know, kids still need to play even though there's a war going on like right mm-hmm. outside their doors, basically. So... Anyway, but, you know, they do that, and then they have the patent, then they decide to go this different direction with Jack Stone, which is like a Lego stuntman slash superhero. I remember that name, yeah. And he was ridiculous. Money sink? Not very yeah. popular. It was introduced in 2001, discontinued in 2003, and it was, they used a different size minifigure. Um, the minifigures, of course, being what we know of from the Lego movie and stuff, which are huge and sell and basically push Lego over the top in the beginning. But they switched it up, and... Like the sets were terrible. They were for the Jackstone stuff. I don't know why they decided to switch. Um, yeah, they they were very not Lego. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it almost killed them. And what's funny is if you look up Jackstone without the word Lego attached, you get um a, ca- a character from the Bachelorette from uh, apparently uh, episode uh, season thirteen of the Bachelorette. I, I think it's funny oh, right. to refer to him as a character and not a contestant. Like like he's not a real person. Uh I stand by my thing. If you look at him, <laughs> this genetically engineered, handsome, permanently uh, five o'clock shadowed man. Apparently, he uh, will not propose to Rachel Lindsay as of June twenty six, two thousand seventeen. But oh. anyway, I've I've gone off on a tangent, haven't I? Good. Yes, you have. Uh, yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. But anyway, then they of course um, basically saved the company with um, getting into things like Mindstorms and Ninjago was a big deal, and Ninjago is a big deal in this house. Hmm. Uh, when Jimmy was not here earlier, I was talking about the Ninjago explosion that occurred in the playroom earlier today. Oh, no. In which I had to piece together 400,000 ninjas that my child had taken apart and put in, mixed and matched, <laughs> and then asked to put back together. 
I, I was trying to find the the name of this set, and it wasn't Lego Space. This was um, early '90s. I had a vanilla ice poster on my wall. <laughs> wow! And I can remember I had this really long, like space train. It was very alien looking. It had like green enclosures mm-hmm. that I just thought were super cool. And I had it. I just finished it a couple of days ago, and it was not cheap at that time. And uh, my babysitter came over and came into the room and was like, "Ooh, vanilla ice!" and went and stepped on it. Oh, yeah! Wow, that's cool. That was never coming was back it, to you. It was like the space police or something. It's something they they had that that green shield on them. Yep, and it was just so different from what I remember Lego doing anything, and and more like what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. And I, I was absolutely devastated. Yeah, I had the original monorail. That was like my big set, the blue and white one. Mm-hmm. And I actually, the weird thing I will tell you about this is absolutely crazy. So I took my Legos down when I went off to college. So it was ninety five put them well actually i mean they were down before then but like i put them away in the garage they had been in my closet um bought this house uh, eight years ago ten years ago whatever yeah. and finally had enough room to move all those legos up so i just i stuck them in a closet up here when i brought them up i heard a noise what the hell's that i opened up the box and the battery in the lego monorail was still working after being in a garage in florida from 1995 until 10 years so what, how many years? And it, uh, I mean, it was, it was dying, but it was still enough to flash the lights and play the little like sound thing. Wow. Wow. So did they, cause I can remember after the, the Jack Stone thing, um, did they mention specifically the person who kind of re-injected life into Lego? They because did. Really smashed with, you know, oh, the Simpsons house and they're doing all these things like Voltron. Well, one of the things I thought Actually, was interesting it it wasn't it wasn't that the reinvigorated Lego. Well, I was I was, was amazed at what reinvigorated Lego, and it was go ahead. It, well, Ninjago did it. No, hmm. well, um, even before that, the was the, that the the first one that pulled them out of the fire was Bionicle. Oh yeah, Bionicle. Yes. Oh yeah, Bionicle was big. Had a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. There was like a Bionicle movie or and a story. I hated the, Bionicle. <laughs> well, we were. We were in high school at that point. Yeah. Yeah, those were so unlego like. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's one of the things Again. that surprised me. But it, it saved them from bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And so it was like as Bionicle, which I which shocked me, but I should have known that because there was a while where when teaching the early three D classes, Jimmy, like before you got there at the school, the people would come in and mm-hmm. all of their models they wanted to model were Bionicle stuff. I remember seeing a couple of pictures, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was like their favorite toy when they were growing up. So, and they could also bring it in and hold it in their hand. Yeah, true. Uh, true. I, I I remember Bionicle and just introduced these just unlego like shapes. And yeah, I had a couple, but to me, Bionicle was like, okay, you put it together, and they're super non functional toys mm-hmm. because if you touch it, everything will fall off. Mm-hmm. But that's very interesting to learn that that's kind of what you know saved them. It was uh, Martin Ryber Anderson. Is the guy that came up, one of the guys that came up with Bionicle. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, yeah, from Bionicle, then they, they grew into, and they got the Star Wars license. And I actually thought that was a much bigger hit than it was. But it was a pretty big hit when it first came out, but it sold out very quickly and they didn't have enough. Right. So they made way more the next year. 
And the problem was, is there was no Star Wars movie at that time. So they didn't have enough, and then they had too many. And that, again, almost put them into bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, and, and if I remember correctly, didn't they didn't they just continue that site? It was almost like they didn't know when a movie was coming out. Like, they they um, they um they just kept missing the mark with the movies. And it's like, dude, it's just, it's movie, 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 movie. Come on, man. You got to keep up. And they were yeah. releasing on off years, trying to catch up to the movie that was released the year before. And it was like, are you kidding me? How it's do you almost like they didn't not fi- realize what was driving people. Yeah, it's like, how, did, like how do you do not figure re- this out? Which I think comes up later on, though. Because you know, now, as Jimmy said, they're killing it. I mean, they released the Friends line, and I remember there were people complaining. Like, why? oh, why do they have to have a special line for, for girls? And they just came out mm-hmm. and said, look, we did four years of research on this. We had girls come and play with hundreds of different toy sets and hundreds of different colors, and these are the ones that they picked. And people were complaining, 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 and it became one of their bestsellers. Yeah. So while I, you know, I know there's the whole thing of like, well, why should you separate boy and, boy and girl toys? Well, if they release a bunch of boy toys and lose money on the girls' market, well, that's not – it's the market's fault, not their fault for making something pink. Yeah. You know, they, they know – they yeah. see the sales things. They see the sales reports. I mean companies have – Yeah, I mean – Or had CEOs of boys' marketing, boys' toys mm-hmm. and girls' toys and girls' marketing. You know, just, yeah, exactly. it's what worked. It, it, I mean it, it's, it's that old that. argument of, of who's, whose fault is it? You know, is it, is it the company that provides it or is it the people who actually buy it? You mm-hmm. know, because the company only provides it because there's a market there. Mm-hmm. And if there's, no, yeah, exactly. if there's no market, the company wouldn't spend the money to put it out there. Exactly. So, uh, which is why we're pleased to announce that the Give Me Five podcast is going to be selling a giant bag of broken glass – and use needles because there's a market out there for that. I I really don't think uh, there is. No, well, it's not our fault if people buy it. I mean, we're I we're saying what it is. Put it on eBay as a mystery bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, Rob. With, uh, I'm gonna need you to get me salt. some needles from work if you don't for and unrelated it, reasons. And, it, oh, and it's filled with salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so the Lego thing was really Make cool. Yeah, they they even kind of delved into how there's like the my, Lego Mindstorms are actually creating like the next robotics people of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's learning stuff, and I'm a huge proponent of Legos. Um, and I think oh, you yeah. want, of uh, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about this Star Trek episode, which is the first episode in that. Correct, Rob? Yes, yes. But but speaking but speaking of weird crap, how about their first episode in season two, which was Star Trek and I mean, talk about a a a how to of not to do the of how not to do it basically. You know, I thought the thing with Star Trek was interesting. I was never a Star Trek kid. Still, I'm not really big on Star Trek. I, I, I like watched. New, I, I actually like the, the new shows. movies. Yeah, I watched the shows, but I I never really got into like the the toy aspect of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But I remember the Star Trek toys being something that the kids with like much older brothers had. It's like you go over someone's house and there'd be like this one broken down toy that they would be playing with like their Star Wars figures on it, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't Star Wars. And I was like, what is that? And like, oh, it's something from Star. It was either Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica. Is it like yeah. the older brothers? Yeah. I, that was about the extent of it. Yeah. I can remember the Star Trek toys actually made me want to watch the show and, you know, not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, but, but also Star Trek was, was also a little bit before our time. Yeah. So... And none of the stuff looked like it was supposed to. 
Right. Well, that that was the hilarious thing about it was because apparently it was it was just wild and crazy at um, at the the corporate offices because anybody who came to them with, hey, we want to put a Star Trek name on on this popsicle maker. They're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Or, hey, yeah. we want to put we want to put the Star Trek name on this dog collar. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Let's do that. You know, they licensed it out to whoever asked. Yeah. And it was like it was like, yeah, I want to put the Star Trek name cover on this toilet seat. All right, whatever. You know, it's it was yeah, absolutely I, ridiculous. I'm talking about like the next generation figures. Oh, um, those were good. They were really good. But Rob's right. I mean, there was like, here's a Star Trek dog bowl. Like, it, it was just weird. You know, seeing those those toys from early on. And, yeah, that being said, um, guys, make sure that you pick up your Give Me Five podcast bath mats. There you go. We got dog bowls yet? Oh, we should. We should okay. have dog bowls. We need dog holes. Anyway, um, so is there anything else that caught your guys' eyes about the toys that made us that we have not covered yet? It was it was a a fan all 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 eight episodes were a were a great walk down memory lane. It, oh, for sure. It was complete nostalgia. I I highly recommend checking it out. Even the episodes that you're not that you're not fond of, because like like Greg said, the Barbie episode was amazingly filled with all kinds of interesting little tidbits. They had all kinds of interesting little facts and just just stuff that was behind the scenes that you didn't really know about. Yeah, from, they're from when mm-hmm. you played with Barbies. Um <laughs> sorry. I had the like 12 inch GI Joes and I would go to a friend's house and they, we would make them interact with the Barbies. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, toys that made us, man, they're very well researched. Uh, they have everything that you hope they would have, um, you know, from all the songs to all the people to be interviewed. I mean, check out our, our episode with Kurt Bajidian, you know, um, it's oh, just, it, this is actually it's, interesting. It's a great time. Uh, on June sixth, uh, Toys That Made Us officially announced a third season. Oh, really? Here we go. And they did announce it with a picture of a building with the the crew, the cast and crew, standing outside of the Bandai headquarters. Oh, okay. So that'll probably bring us Power Rangers. Uh, you're, I was, I, yep, that's what I, that's what I think. Yep. Um, I think at some point they're going to start getting into territory that I, I just really didn't play with those toys. I did not play with Power Rangers. I would like um, to see an episode about like where they combine a bunch of like the, the weirder random toys, you know, like, you know, some of the toys that were like GI Joe ripoffs of the eighties or like, I mean, I really hope they do mask. I thought that was a really cool toy, toy line, uh, ROM, the space Knight, which was more comic than toy, but also had, those are the guys with the little magnet feet. I think, mm-hmm. but either way, I'm excited about that season as well. It's always like something good to put on late at night and just kind of watch as I drift off and learn something a little, you know, about toys I love. Well, and in all honesty, the Bandai one does make a little bit of sense because the the kids who grew up playing with those are actually in, you know, becoming adults or already adults, and that also is a form of nostalgia at this point as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, I mean that. That one makes sense. Well, that was the toys that made us season two available on Netflix. Well, we're doing something a little different this week. So since this has been a very weird week of recording, we kind of had to record out of order. Jimmy didn't have internet for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, there's holidays. We're recording on a different day. 
We are a little unprepared for the Give Me Five question, so we're going to ask it and figure it out on the fly. Totally on the fly. Yeah. So literally 27 seconds ago and counting, we decided what the question was going to be, and here we go. So guys, we talked about Transformers at length when we were talking about the toys that made us. What are your five favorite Transformers? Um, okay. Um, I can actually do this. Um, Damn, you, all right. Yeah. I, I got a couple, but I don't think I got all five yet. Go ahead. Um, I do, and going kind of with tradition, um, I can go ahead and start it. So I'm going to say my number five is the original Optimus Prime. Um, the big long freighter that folded into a base. I mean, come on. Uh, number four is going to be Bumblebee. Number three is Beast Wars Gridlock. Number two is Starscream, and mostly because of his voice. I mean, we I talked we talked about that before you got oh, okay. on. Saying it was basically Cobra Commander, but yeah. And uh, number one, Soundwave. What Transformer? You, you know, you can almost car- carry him around on your your shoulder and and blast music. So. Yeah, the the one transformer that transformed into something that would, you know, that was bigger than a person. So, but they always shrunk them down. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a weird thing that they talked about in there. Yeah, that and the the Megatron thing. Um, I've got mine as well. Go for it. It probably looks a lot like like Jimmy's. Um, okay. Number five, Starscream, the one, well, one of the three transformers that I had. Uh, cool jet, and you know, so much fun to play with, either in jet or robot form. Uh, number two, Optimus Prime. Yeah. Again, base, truck. Yeah, just so cool. Giant can cannon, mm-hmm. everything that a kid wants. Uh, Grimlock, also. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, Grimlock had a um, a clear chest piece in the one I had, the original one, which was kind of cool at the time. Yeah, I and think plus, I said Gridlock. Uh, it was Grimlock. You're, you're right. Yeah, Go ahead. It is Grimlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gridlock is his cousin. That is, he transforms into traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, uh, my number four is Soundwave because, you know, it's a Transformer that has a little Transformer inside of him, which I regret saying in front of Rob. But <laughs> would, other Transformers could leap from his chest and turn into things like a panther or whatever, which we talked about earlier. So that's nothing new for you guys. And my number one is Jetfire, which, as Rob said, was the big ripoff. But the thing was, is he ripped off a series that I really liked. And you couldn't buy toys for. So I could play with them as a Transformer, but I could also play them, play with them as a Robotech toy. Oh, interesting. And I wish I still had that toy. That is actually one of the last toys from my childhood that I had, that I had for a really long time. And I don't know where it ended up. Hmm. So Jetfire would Probably be. Probably in that box with Soundwave. Yeah, exactly. It's in, somehow ended up in a box at Jimmy's house. Yep. So Jetfire would be my number one. Nice. Cool. Well, I've got my five. Um, I'll go ahead and, and give you those. Uh, my number five is going to be Braun. I always liked Braun. I don't know why he wasn't, he, he was like a little, he was like a little transformer who was, his thing was like, he was super strong and, and he could always, he could always beat some ass. You know what I'm saying? So Braun's my number five. Um, my number, uh, he is nine ninety nine on eBay. Nice. Just, my number four i never had it but i did have a friend who had it and i was always super jealous it was uh omega supreme oh yeah you remember um, omega supreme yes the, the city um 
And I mean, Omega Supreme was huge. Mm -hmm. So he's probably my number four. My number three was one I actually did have at one point, and that was Shockwave. That was awesome. Shockwave was the other one that turned into a gun, but he was more was of like, like a, a purple a, phaser one. Yeah, like, was more awesome. like a space blaster kind of thing. He made sounds, right? Yes, he did. I um, sure hope so. My number two is going to be Soundwave because he came with the one. He came with Laserbeak, but he had the other tapes that went with him, and it was it was he was he was awesome. But my number one, uh, my favorite Transformer of all time, has got to be Optimus Prime. That is a strong list for all of us. I, I think can, so. I can still hear Optimus going, Autobots, roll out. Uh, yeah. Well, that's because the guy still does the voice. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. He's a character. He yeah. is the character himself. Mm-hmm. So do that's we... That's my five. Do we try and this do out or Try and do a definitive five? I think yeah. pretty easy. Yep. You know, it's funny when none of us picked Megatron, and I, the Megatron toy didn't look cool. It didn't. Like the gun one looked cool, but the legs were spread apart weird. Yeah. It had, like, the, I don't know what the part of the gun is, the part, like, underneath the trigger, like or the, underneath the hammer, like, that kind of kicks out and rests on their, your hand. But, like, that kind of stuck out of his crotch. Yeah. It was just weird looking. Yeah. But if if we're going to do a definitive five, I, I I know that he didn't place at number one on either of your lists, but he is the face of the Transformers. Yeah, it's got to be Optimus I, One. I, I gotta Optimus vote. Prime. I gotta get Optimus at number one. Okay. Gonna, yeah, that has to happen. Um, I believe Soundwave has to appear. Yeah, Soundwave was on three. my list at two. Yeah, he was on my list at two. I got. He's got to be very high. Yeah, Soundwave is two. I I have to argue for Starscream. Um, I would almost play Starscream at number four or number three. Okay, I'll put. Yeah, Starscream was one of the first original jets. There was uh, I don't even remember the other one's name. Ramjet the blue one. and Thunder, um, Thunder Ass, Thunder Buns. I don't. Think that's a, I don't Thunderclap? No. Was it Thunderclap? I don't know. It, it was three. It was uh, Starscream, Ramjet, and Thunderclap, I believe. Thunder something. Then they had the ones that had the cool wings with like the the things in it, like the uh, there's Thundercracker. Thunder. That's it. Thundercracker. All right, let's put Starscream at three then. Okay. And how about? Well, Grimlock was on both of our lists. I, I would so. almost put I would almost put Grimlock above Starscream, but okay, Starscream isn't Starscream isn't original. But Grimlock, gr- the the Dinobots were were a very popular. Um, I don't want to yeah. say I don't want to say they were round two. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they were. They were round two, and they were probably the popular, the most popular ones from round two. Mm-hmm. And it was also when the movies came out. They're like, when is that happening? Yeah. I believe it was the last movie, which I believe was what Transformers thirteen at this point. Uh, seventy two and a half. Yeah. Okay, so we got Optimus number one, Soundwave number two, number three, Grimlock number four, Sitar Scream uh, number five. Bumblebee wasn't as cool of a toy, and I'm leaning toy here. I I I I might even say Shockwave because. Shockwave was awesome. Shockwave looked really cool. Had the cool like Una eye thing, uh-huh. but but I think the first really big one. I still I'm thinking Jetfire. I I, I, I gotta oh. I gotta represent my boy. I I oh. can give you Jetfire. Jetfire was super. Okay. Po- I remember Jetfire was super popular when he came out. I did not mm-hmm. want to be the tiebreaker. So we go on Optimus, Soundwave, Grimlock, Starscream, Jetfire. Oh, Jetfire is so cool looking. Yeah. So uh, you guys can send 
your Soundwave toys to Rob, your Jetfire toys to me at the Give Me Five podcast. Uh, you get a Grimlock. Yeah, you get okay. a Grimlock. Or an Optimus, whatever. Yeah, you already have a Soundwave. You, oh, I'm Jimmy. I have a Soundwave somewhere in my room. I gotta find him. <laughs> you better bring him to work. I'm gonna teach the class while playing with him. <laughs> anyway. And, and, and using that app to make your voice sound like Soundwave. Exactly. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening for the Give Me Five podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Rob. I'm a hobo. Yeah, I know. I I was seeing what you had changed on the script and you hit record while I was looking at that. And then when I looked back at the thing, it was recording. So then I had to go back to the script. <laughs> so if you don't know, in less than an hour, aircraft will be here. Oh my God, I just fucked it up. I'm, I'm reading it and I fucked it up. Destination, Assimilation.